Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand, please, and affirm with the proclamation of the faith of our heart, the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in the place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. So allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, selfishness, ignorance, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, O Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Agadian to your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God into righteousness and holiness of truth. And we as disciples are going to dwell in the Word, in the Word of our Father. Our pastor, he gave this place of scripture the title, The Right to Set Aside Our Former Way of Life to Be Clothed into a New Way of Life. For the fulfillment of this commandment, there are three basic commands and verbs to set aside, renew, and clothe. To clothe ourselves into the new man, we need God's help in the subject of His mercy. And as we remember and know, the means for accepting this help expressed in the inheritance of the mercies of God is prayer or worship. We today are going to remember and be affirmed in prayer. And I had written out certain definitions that pastor in previous sermons had offered to us about prayer and about the property of prayer. We today are also going to talk about the remembrance and consistency in prayer, and we'll talk about perseverance. You know, we all are disciples, and we and we are going to dwell in these words right now. That atmosphere of family, God's family, will be present because These words were spoken by our pastor. We follow these words. We have fallen in love with these words, study these words, dwell in these words. And when we are in them, cares go away. Rest comes as if he is near. Therefore, we will dwell and once again remember what our pastor taught us because the best kind of help 
and love toward him, toward our pastor I am referring to, and to our Lord Jesus Christ, because this is his messenger, this is our obedience. And when the measure of our faith grows, a prayer of a warrior of prayer is the only means that gives us the right to cooperate with God or search for God, communicate with God and know God in His Word and through His Word. There are certain places I want to highlight that I want to highlight here that prayer is the only means, the prayer of a warrior prayer is the only means that we have. Psalms 40 verses 6-3, to sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened, burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come, in the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. If our ears are closed to hearing the word of God, then a person in his sacrifice or his prayer will always bind his own will to God. The genesis of prayer is an objective reality that exists independently of our consciousness and our will. Uh, because I need a translation, I looked at what objective reality is to understand. An objective reality that exists independently of our consciousness and our will. So the genesis of prayer is the peace of God, or the peace of God which God allowed us to delve into and to partake of. It is the mercy of God for us, because we are taught. Many people and myself did not know how to pray. As I prayed before, this was this was not a prayer as we understand now. The Word of God and the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, which our pastor gave to us and taught us to pray with, and we know now how to pray. We know what words to use. We know that God hears us. And today we will once again look at this and be affirmed in this and rejoice in this. And if we something that is not correct, then we will fix it so that in ourselves, so that we can use this opportunity and this capability that God gives us. Prayer is a way of expressing the legal relationship of the Son of God and the Holy Spirit with His Heavenly Father with God. True prayer has the same nature as God. It did not have a beginning and does not have an end, and I will always abide where God abides. Our God is a God of goals, and His goals are eternal, pure, and unchanging. To reach His goals, God always has an absolute, perfect, and unchanging plan. And for the fulfillment of His eternal and unchanging plan, God always has a powerful, eternal, and non-decreasing force expressed in His spoken word and the Holy Spirit. So God's power, God's force in His spoken word and in, is in His Holy Spirit. And to activate and implement His word into a deed, God has one unchanging method called prayer. Again, I'll highlight here one unchanging method. All that God has created on this earth, including men and women, was directed to the realization of His perfect plans. It is written in Genesis 1.26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The phenomenon of prayer is the only method with the help of which man is called to direct the earth and give God the right to change the sequence of events on earth according to His perfect will. Again, I highlight it is the 
only method. The phenomenon of prayer is the only method. There is only one reason why a person can communicate with God. He contains the essence of God. A person is a spiritual essence because his creator is a spirit. And this communication can come to life solely through the art of prayer, unveiled and established by God in Scripture. John chapter 4, verses 25-24 God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Communication with God can flow solely through the art of prayer that expresses itself in worship to God, which is defined by the search for the will of God. God desires for our faith to grow, and that is why praying without understanding God's principles is simply pointless. God is not interested in us wasting our energy and time. He is too practical to allow that. God needs results. That's why He teaches us, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, Matthew 6-7. We are supposed to draw near to God and lift prayers to Him, to which God will absolutely answer. We must pray as Jesus prayed. John chapter 11, verses 41-42 through 42. Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. Prayer is the right that a person gives to heaven to interfere in the sphere of earth, and we are called to give God the right only on His established conditions. So we are happy and joyful people because the Holy Spirit through our pastor many, many times has asked us, taught us, instructed us for us to take the Psalms and pray, to not speak in vain, to not seek our own will. And this short definition of prayer again and again helps 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 me to thank God because I remember how I used to pray before and I see the change that has happened in my life that my prayer life has changed that my habits have changed my motives have changed my goals and prayer my words and I know that the Lord hears when I say even when there are no feelings or emotions, or when feelings or emotions don't help, because we've already been taught not to depend on them. And when we speak information, we know that this information God likes because we speak it according to instruction. We speak through a heart that has been instructed. Let us take a look at the psalm that Pastor also has explained well for us and has uncovered according to Scripture. We are continuing to talk about prayer. Psalms 143, verses 1 through 12. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of the old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. 
Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake, for your righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. And so to be heard by God, it was necessary for David to present God a foundation or a right that could serve for God as proof that he could interfere in God's life with his mercy and truth. From David's perspective, this kind of proof in this prayer contained ten arguments that David brought to God, saying, Hear me. And we also bring these arguments to God. Hear me because of your righteousness and truth. Hear me because I remember the days of the old and all of your works. Hear me because I spread out my hands to you. Hear me because I trust in you. Hear me because I lift my soul up to you. Hear me because I run to you. Hear me because you are my God. Hear me for your name. Hear me for your mercy. And hear me because I am your servant. Today we will look at a small part out of this wide teaching or wide river that pastor has given to us. This is the second point or second argument um, for the remembrance of the old and all of your works. Because we will talk about a memory. To be heard by God in the revelations of His Urim, it is necessary for us to keep in our memory the works of God in the subject of Tumim which God made in the days of the old. What is the remembrance of God's works, its properties, and according to its definition? We have concluded that the remembrance contained in a person defines the core of this person as well as his sovereign boundaries. Proverbs 23, 7 For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. It is interesting you see that memory is tied to our thoughts. Remembrance is tied to our thoughts. We are called to change our uh, the way of our thinking, the world of our thinking, so that it can coincide with the remembrance of the works of God. And then, this is going to define us, who we are in the Lord, as the children of God. Being transformed in the image of our thinking, we give God the right to interfere in our life with His mercy. Jonah 2.8 When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. If Jonah would not have had a remembrance of what to remember, he wouldn't remember that he needed to call out to the Lord and to His name. And so by keeping in our heart a remembrance of God's work done by Him in the days of the old, we erase from our memory the deeds of people and information that was passed down from the sinful life of our forefathers. Again, 
We'll once again repeat, by competing, keeping in our heart, this is important, by keeping in our heart the works done by God in the days of the old, we erase from our memory the deeds of people and information that was passed down from the sinful life of our forefathers. And remember, Pastor has already explained to us that when we reject from the vain life of our forefathers, this is good, this is the beginning, this is an agreement. And then we must blot out. How do we blot out? We must keep in our heart a remembrance of the works of God, pondering upon the Word, pondering over those truths, those revelations, who God is for us, what He has done for us, what are His goals, who is God, where am I going in the Lord. And then the vain life of our forefathers is blotted out when we ponder upon these truths. The memory or the remembrance of man itself is the weapon of man, and if we deprive his memory, he will look like a destroyed city. Psalms chapter 9, verse 6. O enemy, destructions are finished forever, and you have destroyed cities. Even their memory has perished. The remembrance of God's works in the heart of a person is passed down like the inheritance of Christ from one righteous nation to another. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever in the remembrance of your name to all generations. Psalms 102, verse 12. And we also remember really well that a person on his own cannot write this uh, memory. We need the Father and we need to be as a son. We need a teacher and we need to accept this teaching as a teacher from generation to generation. A remembrance of God's works in the heart of man is God's holiness and the subject of His unfading glory. We have mentioned numerously and Pastor has reminded us and in soul groups we had talked about how what we think about this we will proclaim. What we proclaim, God will clothe us in the, what we proclaim. So if there is no remembrance of the works of God in us, the Lord will want to clothe us, but He won't uh, He won't have an ability to because we need His glory in us. And the remembrance of God's work happens in our heart. We need to accept it in our heart. Our mind is not enough. We need to accept it in our heart, take it then from our heart and proclaim it. Psalms 34, sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. God's miracles made by Him in the days of the old are revelations because they revere who God is for us and what He has done for us. He has made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Psalms 111 verse 4. We will stop at the fourth component, but the first three is always good to bring to memory, and at least uh, at least slightly we will remember the definitions, uh, the purpose is the remembrance of God's works, but we will mostly talk about the fourth component. The first purpose of the remembrance of God's works between God and man is called to serve as the remembrance of the covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob on the tablet of our heart, Exodus 2, 24-25. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. We should note that all that God has promised to the person He has redeemed is found in the legal framework of the covenant which He had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whom He had called Israel. He called Jacob Israel, a warrior of prayer. All that God has promised is found in a covenant or in the boundaries of a covenant. He who enters a covenant receives this goodwill or this favor 
or that which God has promised. He who is not in a covenant cannot take this. And to enter into the remembrance of God's works that are co- contained in the inheritance of the legal framework of this covenant that serves for God as an eternal remembrance in these three names, we can do this only one way, through being born from the imperishable seed of the word of truth, which is Christ in us by making with Him and in Him a covenant of blood, covenant of salt, and covenant of rest. And we do this in baptisms, baptism in water, Holy Spirit, and fire. The second component of the purpose of the remembrance of God's works on the tablets of our heart are called to be a kind of place of worship upon which God records a memorial to His name. Exodus 20:24, An altar of earth you shall make for me, and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings your sheep and your oxen. This is referring to prayer. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. According to these words, it follows that not every heart of someone that is saved can have a place of worship on which God can place a remembrance of His name. What kind of heart will this be? It will be a heart that has accepted this kingdom and the seed of the word of truth and has grown it into the tree of life that brings the fruit of righteousness. And, of course, this place is also the church of Jesus Christ, Zion. Many places of scripture, God says that there was a place of remembrance of uh, in Zion. And when we have evidence that we are partakers of the church of Jesus Christ, then God will remember us. The third purpose of the remembrance of God's works on the tablets of our heart are called to be two precious onyx stones that are present on the shoulders of the ephod of the high priest. Exodus 28 verses 9 through 12. We will remember what this means for us. Then you shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel, six of their names on one stone and six six names on the other stone, in order of their birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet, you shall engrave the two stones with the names of the sons of Israel. You shall set them in settings of gold, and you shall put the two stones on the shoulders of the ephod as a memorial, stones for the sons of Israel. So Aaron shall bear, bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders as a memorial. It is the presence of the two precious onyx stones with the engravings of the twelve names of the sons of Israel on the shoulders of our heart are going to be the definition of the legislation of God affirmed in our essence. And this is very important because a majority of Christian people, they don't know this law or have rejected this law And as we will right now read that this presents the law of blessing and curse. And many people don't understand this, don't believe in it. And they have not been instructed, taught. They only bless, they are afraid of the word curse. They are not taught how to pray. And unfortunately, these kinds of prayers God cannot accept nor answer. Thus, the two precious onyx stones with the 
with the engravings of the six names of the tribes of Israel placed in the golden settings on both shoulders of the high priest. They contained in themselves two mountains, Ebal and Gerizim, in the dignity of our calling, from the position of which the twelve tribes of Israel had ratified the legislation of God presented for the ratification in the format of blessing and curse. Let us remember what God's role is and what our role is. God's role in the, t- in the golden settings or on the two cords means He represents for us His judgment and the revelation of His written word in the format of His severity towards those that have fallen and His goodness towards those that keep themselves in the boundaries of His goodness. As I had spoken a bit ago, these uh, many multitude of believers, they don't know, they don't understand, and they can't enter into this mystery of prayer. Romans 11.22 And so you see the goodness and severity of God. Severity to those that have fallen away, but goodness to you if you dwell in the goodness of God. Otherwise, you will be cast out. And our role in the two precious onyx stones that have the six names of the tribes of Israel on them means that the person of God or we are called to carry out this judgment on the basis of which of what we have heard in our heart through instruction and faith. That's why it's important, as we talked about, it's important to have this remembrance in our heart because we must carry out this judgment from our heart, what we hear in our heart, and to have it in our heart, we need to accept instruction. All of this occurs from teacher to student, from father to son in this position. John 5.30, I cannot do anything from myself. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous. For I do not seek for my will, but the will of my Father who has sent me. This is the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when I was preparing, I thought about how we are going into a kind of kingdom, into a kind of peace, where all of the inhabitants of heaven are not going to seek their own will. There's going to be a kind of atmosphere of seeking and fulfilling the will of the Father in which we'll be sovereign and we'll be satisfied and we'll be happy and be filled. And this will be enough for us for all the days of our eternity. And of course, we must learn and must be taught this in the format of time. It will not be so that in the format of time we do our own will and then in in heaven we will then uh, transition. No, we need to learn this now. For Christ said these words in the flesh that He is doing the will of God. The fourth component of the purpose of the remembrance of God's works in our heart is called to be the breastplate on the chest of the high priest that contained the mystery of the Mimindunim through which God could hear man and man could hear God. The breastplate of judgment as a subject of a continual memorial before God is a format of a continual or a constant prayer. And so, prayer that does not coincide with the conditions and characteristics of a breastplate of judgment does not have any right to be called a prayer. Colossians 4.2 says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Consistence in prayer is vigilance at the doors of our heart that is called to free us from future disasters, and this kind of vigilance defines the state of our heart. Luke chapter 21, verse 36. 
Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. If we break the order of this sequence, then the breastplate of judgment that yields the state and nature of a worshiper cannot be called a breastplate of judgment. John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Worshiping the Father in spirit and truth is comprised of not distorting the truth by pursuing the goals established by God in Scripture, as was done in many times and today many do, due to their ignorance and hypocrisy. We can also remember that worship to the Father in spirit and truth means in the spirit. This prayer must come from the heart. And worship in truth is in the framework of the teaching of Christ. We always have boundaries. We can't pray as we wish or for who we wish. We always have the boundaries of responsibility. The breastplate of judgment should translate as a sign of justice. The image of the breastplate of judgment finds its expression in the conscience of a person that is cleansed from dead works. Exodus chapter 28, verses 17 to 21. And you shall put settings of stones in it, four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardius, a topaz, and an emerald. This shall be the first row. The second row shall be a carbuncle, sapphire, and a diamond. The third row, a jacinth, and an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a chrysolite, an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold settings. And the stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, each one with its own name. They shall be according to the twelve tribes. And if you remember, the names were engraved on the inside. When the high priest had the breastplate of judgment, these names were not visible. You could only see the stones, the properties, or rather the names were inside. The twelve golden settings on the breastplate of judgment is an image of the judgment of God in the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, written on the tablets of our heart, which we as worshippers of God are called to represent in our continual prayer. And as we also remember that the twelve golden settings, we cannot form them on our own. They are given to us as they are. The stones we must fix, so our prayers must coincide and be made in such a way so that they can fit in the boundaries of the will of God, the perfect will of God and His justice, His judgment. The twelve precious stones with the engravings and markings of the twelve names of the sons of Israel is an image of our prayer that represent the perfect judgments of God. As we are already taught, that when we open our lips, our prayer is when our prayer is made, it must represent the judgments or the will of God. And we as priests, we come and we do not seek an answer to our own needs, but we place our needs into the will of God and we see that our needs are already answered. We begin to thank God for this, meaning we represent the will of God, we represent the interests of His on the earth, and only in this manner we open up our lips to prayer, a continual prayer that represents the perfect judgments of God. 
a continual prayer is an unceasing prayer that finds its expression in trust in God. The word unceasing or continual means until I receive. But this is not tied to audacity. There are people that also, they will cling to you in such a way that unless you give it to them, they won't, they won't leave you. But our consistency, our, our continuity means that I trust that what you have said you will do, and I can now thank you for this. This is a continual prayer because we rely on the hope that we have. Therefore, do not cast away your trust, which has great reward. Therefore, trust in the tablets of a heart that lacks a breastplate of judgment with the twelve precious stones and engravings of the twelve names of the twelve sons of Jacob cannot be trust. So, trust without a conscience that is cleansed of dead works is a trust that is under question. The makeup of the breastplate of judgment and the twelve precious stones contains the same order and makeup as the twelve walls of the New Jerusalem and the twelve pearly gates, but with different functions and different purposes. The makeup of the twelve precious foundations of the walls of the New Jerusalem contain the strategy of the twelve teachings of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, thanks to which we are called to build ourselves into the an image of perfection that is inherent to God. The twelve foundations of the wall are needed to grow and build ourselves into the image of the perfection of God. We know that a wall symbolizes perfection, and we also already know what the perfection of our Heavenly Father is. To bless some and to curse others. And this is the perfection of our Heavenly Father. We are already taught that when God curses someone or when He doesn't accept, we do the same. And in doing so, we represent the perfection of our Father. We have clear boundaries of holiness as our Father has. The makeup of the twelve pearly gates of the New Jerusalem contain the strategy of being in trials with Christ that are the keys to entering into the kingdom of heaven, which is the tree of life, bringing fruit twelve times, that is, bringing fruit each month. And so, the twelve pearly gates are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And what this is, these are trials with Christ. Oh, as warriors of prayer, we have already been taught that when we are in the position and state of a warrior prayer, and we are so, we understand that whatever may happen, whatever trial may happen, whatever loss may happen, we must simply endure it, to endure it and be patient. If the Lord has allowed it, then according to His mercy, we will endure it, or by His wisdom, we will endure it. Of course, we can ask, Lord, perhaps I missed something, perhaps I didn't notice. If God is silent, then we need to just endure it, understanding that this pearl is being uh, this pearl is being formed, and these are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. How many people think that they have the keys, thinking um, that through evangelism, through good works, through through various other things, they think that these are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. We endure trials with Christ to be in the order, to remain in the church through all its afflictions, to remain faithful, to endure trials with Christ. These are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. 
The makeup of the tree of life bringing its fruit twelve times in every month of the year contains a strategy of being clothed into the new man which was created according to righteousness and holiness of truth. And so the tree of life is to be clothed into the new man. The tree of life are our meek lips, and this is the fruit of our spirit. All of the grandeur and order of the temple was made for only one holy object, and it served only one holy object. This was the golden ark of the covenant. The same way the ephod of the high priest with the breastplate of judgment was created and served only one holy object, which was called to exactly double and fulfill the functions of the golden ark. This is Urim and Thumim. The golden ark of the covenant and the breastplate of judgment figuratively represented the conscience of a person that has been cleansed from dead works. Urim and Thumim is light and perfection, light and right, or revelation and truth. The Decalogue, placed inside of the Ark of the Covenant, was truth, and this truth was presented in the Breastplate of Judgment as Thumim. The revelation that a person could receive under the lid of the Ark of the Covenant was presented in the Breastplate of Judgment as Urim. The revelation of God in the subject of Urim could only abide in the boundaries of truth that were presented by Thumim in the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. Exodus 31, 6 I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I have commanded you. Very interesting. God will not place wisdom in everyone, however much a person may want. Only to those wise in heart He gives this wisdom, and so that they can do all, so that they can build the temple, a house to God, a sanctuary for Him. The carriers of the Mim and Urim are worshippers of God who have the immune system of the Holy Spirit. God protects these people himself. In Deuteronomy 33, 8-11, it says, And of Levi he said, Let your Thummim and your Urim be with your Holy One, whom you tested at Massa, and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah, who says of his father and mother, I have not seen them, nor did he acknowledge his brothers or know his own children, for they have observed your word and kept your covenant. They shall teach Jacob your judgments and Israel your law, they shall put incense before you and a whole burnt sacrifice on your altar. Bless his substance, Lord, and accept the work of his hands. Strike the loins of those who rise against him and of those who hate him, that they rise not again. People who relate themselves to God's chosen nation but who go against those who carry Tumim and Durim and hate them because they themselves do not carry Tumim and Durim, their future awaits a lake of fire. And we today are going to look at or begin to look at the sixth property of a worshiper and the sixth precious stone and the sixth name that is that was written and engraved on this stone. The sixth property of a worshiper on the breastplate of judgment of our heart through which God could receive the opportunity to continually manifest himself on planet earth is expressed in the virtue of the precious diamond stone. The sixth name on the second row from the bottom that was engraved on the precious stone of the breastplate of judgment on the tablets of our heart was the name of the sixth son of Jacob, Naphtali, meaning wrestler. Genesis chapter 30, verses 7 through 8. 
And Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With great wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. The weapon with which we are called to withstand and fight our enemies is a constant prayer in the power of the Holy Spirit that answers to the conditions of the precious diamond stone cut in a diamond cut. In the name of God in the precious diamond stone, according to Jewish rabbis, in Hebrew means el which translated to Russian means living God. With this name, Israel was called to swear. So Israel warrior prayer, we also, with this name, we are called to swear by this name. And when there are difficult moments, some kind of loss, or some kind of depression that creeps upon us, we are called to use this name, as the Lord lives, my stronghold, as the Lord lives, whom I serve. I will not crumble in my faith in the word and the promise and I, I, know, I know that we use this and will continue to use this but it's a very nice to remember this because when we say this, even this name I see how all the demons tremble. The function of the sixth principle laid as the foundation of our con- constant prayer with which we need to serve as a continual memorial before God. This is our ability to allow the Holy Spirit to be with us in prayer battle against the powers of darkness that go against us fulfilling the will of God, the name of the living God. E- Ephesians 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. The Holy Spirit can bind to us in our prayer battle under one condition. When our prayer answers to the conditions of God's perfect will that is contained on the tablets of our heart in the conditions of the breastplate of judgment. Jeremiah 10.10 But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure His indignation. The word living means dwelling, great, unlimited in power, determining our being, creator of our being, containing our being, preserving our being, overlooking over our being, the Lord of our being. Joshua 10.13 Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive you out from before you the Canaanites and Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore take yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So to stop Jordan, meaning to stop death, we need to collaborate with the name of the living God. We need to use this sworn name and to swear by this name. And we've been taught this. We must use this, therefore. People living on the territory of the land of Israel is an image of the genetic program that we have inherited from the vain life of our forefathers. And to erase this program of death from our essence, we must, in prayer battle, withstand the program of death with the program of life that is contained in the name of the living God. This is our goal. Once again, to erase this program of death from our essence, we must, 
and this program is written in each of our cells when we are born this is already written we already been born with this program of death but when we are met with God's program the program of life we need this prayer battle with this prayer battle to withstand the program of death with the program of life that is contained in the name of the living God to proclaim to speak these words out of our heart to speak the faith of our heart to comfort our body to rejoice it to speak to it do not worry I have accepted redemption of the Lord in this redemption you are adopted and pastor teaches us to do this constantly the properties of worshiper that are contained in the virtue of the name of the living God are called to represent the limitless authority of God over beings in the time allotted by him and his limits and so to be a warrior prayer is a legitimate and privileged inheritance of saints of all time how many saints are called to are, know that they are called to be warriors of prayer even if they have heard that they are called to be warriors then they don't think that they're called to be warriors of prayer they try to show this with their brutal uh, trampling trying to trample over somebody thinking that they are trampling evil or trampling devil but warriors of prayer is what we are called to be it is a privilege it is the inheritance of saints of all time to be a warrior of prayer this is their original purpose expressed in their calling to trample the wickedness of the wicked in prayer battle third to be a warrior of prayer this is one of the greatest provisions that is given by God to man in which a person becomes a king and priest unto God and is seen by God as a di- as a diamond with the engraving of the name Naphtali. And to be a king and a priest, many also don't know this. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So, the declaration to be a warrior. Our prayer and the qualities of warriors of prayer yielded by the virtues of a diamond is supposed to be. And Pastor uncovered for us ten properties. Ten properties which we have many of, which we dwell in, which we dwell in, which we are affirmed in. And in doing so, we check to not be mistaken. Was I a warrior of prayer? or not just a warrior in my own eyes. First, this is an unceasing prayer, perseverant, diligent, with boldness, reverential, with faith or trust in God, with thanksgiving, with joy, in the fear of the Lord, in the Holy Spirit, or by prayer and tongues, number 10. And so we will look at the first one, continuity in prayer, or unceasing prayer. The inner quality of warrior prayer will depict the quality of his prayer. So this is the first first one and the most important. When I ponder upon believers and warriors of prayer, these are the most continual of people. When someone has asked, I like to answer, consider it done. Because we are continual, there is no other people. Lots are not continual, but we are called to be continual because we see this example, this image of the Father the image of the anointed man of the Lord and we we the inner quality of a warrior prayer will depict the quality of his prayer and pastor offered for us to focus our attention to two of the very first prayer warriors this is the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ 
Genesis 1, 1 1-3. At the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And how do we see in this place the scripture, a prayer warrior? To us it has been explained, we are rich, we know the answer. We will look at one word and it will tell us. Hovered, the word hovered. Hovered means carried in himself the plans of God, was the carrier of the interests and desires of God, hovered over the plans of God, moved at the speed of lightning, focused on the plans of God, expressed readiness to fulfill the plans of God, trembled and shook over the plans of God, dominated over himself or dominated in himself over the plans of God, warmed and activated God's plans to action, embraced the plans of God, surrounded and was contained in the plans of God. The Son of God who accepted the image of man was supposed to discipline in himself the qualities and properties that he had before incarnation. This is astonishing. When I again and again remember this, for me this is astonishing that the Son of God, having taken the image of man, had to learn in himself those qualities which he had before incarnation. This means that we also are enough to just pray once and that's it. We are going to need to grow this consistency, to grow this uh, a habit of prayer or this habit of continual prayer. These are our energy that is used. I mean that the Son of God accepted the image of man in the flesh, He had to grow these qualities in himself. When he was born, he did not have these qualities, meaning the qualities of warrior prayer. He had to learn them which he had in heaven. He had to use discipline and a special kind of prayer exercise. And we find in Scripture, Pastor shows us Luke 22, verses 39 through 41. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed. Being accustomed in prayer is an exercise of habit that is developed from persistence when a person disciplines himself to continually do something at a specific time. A person becomes accustomed to his habits. No one was born with the habit to pray continually. We must uh, we must implement this in ourselves, implement as our Lord Jesus Christ had done. When he had accepted the body, he had to implement this in his life and to his character. Throughout time, this becomes our character, that which we get used to. Being accustomed in prayer is in fact the path to gaining continuity in her, which became the characteristic feature of the Son of God as the warrior of prayer. Only the prayer of a warrior prayer could serve as the right that man gives God for the fulfillment, not of his own desires, but the desires of God. Only when a prayer becomes a habit it becomes always desired and answers the conditions of a con- con- continual prayer. Colossians 4.2 Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. I remember 
when I decided to implement consistency in prayer in my life to give God time in, in my life always. Because before when I got up being a Christian person, the first thing in my head was not prayer. The first was to eat. And then when I thought about this, I thought, Lord, if you're talking about consistency about prayer, this was long ago. When we started listening to the teaching, I figured the first must be given to you. I remember how the body, not accustomed to this, didn't want to get up, wanted to eat. And I say, that's all right. This is going to become a habit. And right now, the body knows what I do every morning, what the first, what it is meant to, who I first focus to, which words or which ponderings I, I have. Over time, this has become a habit. My family habit. And the first part of the day is given to the Lord according to the measure of my faith. It can be expanded, but this has become my habit. I've gotten used to this. And God likes this when we, when we um, accustom, we grow accustomed to this. Any form or type of prayer that is lifted to God without the element of continuity does not find God's favor and satisfies only our religious requests. A continual prayer is the continual upholding of godly fire in our spirit and a continual relationship with the Holy Spirit that is uninterrupted by sin. So if the name is a warrior prayer, his action is a continual prayer. There is a property which is being vigilant in prayer. To be continual in prayer is to be set by God, to remain in our place, to establish for ourselves limits that are established by God, to keep these limits from the encroachment of the enemy, to not step out of the limits of our responsibility, to not shy away from the goal, to be vigilant with thanksgiving, to destroy, to restore destroyed foundations. If we ponder upon all these components and we don't have time, but how we feel and how calmly can we live because we always have boundaries. What God likes, I do. What He doesn't like, I don't do. How I can speak and what I can speak, everything is yielded by continual prayer. What we need to restore, what we need to destroy, we are taught and we can use this. We can take this portion and we take this portion in the Lord. That is why in service to God in the virtue of warrior prayer, continuity is offered in these formats, a steady order, sacred instruction, necessary caution and exceptional request and a pressing military order so each time when we go to service we must understand that the lord i am ready to accept your sacred instruction i know that i need to take perhaps be cautious if there is some kind of request i will fulfill it or fulfill a military order, which I might not want to do, but I will. Continual in the dictionary is defined as 
continuous, uninterrupted, faithful, eternal, and unchanging in their inclinations, in their habits, and in their attachments. Revelation 19.11 Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. In Hebrew, God's faithfulness is contained in names such as Yahweh Elohim. The full meaning of these two names in their union means strong, committed, or sworn to be faithful and true now and always. And Pastor, when he spoke this sermon, he explained what a white horse is. This is not little, little sense of... If we look at, for example, gardeners or warriors, when they move, there is this sound, this might, the horse itself is an interesting animal, mighty. Pastor explains that these are our new bodies. These white horses are our new bodies that are going to be like the Lord. And with new bodies, we will come with the Lord. We will look at some conditions to gaining continual prayer. To develop the faith of our heart or continuity in prayer, it is necessary for us on certain days and at certain times to listen and to hear the Word of God. To listen and to hear the Word of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10:17, And we do this. Again, we have tied ourselves to this consistency. Church is created for this way so that we, on Sunday, on Tuesday, on Friday, so that we can come and listen to the Word of God. And when we hear the Word of God, uh, listening and hearing is an element of a continual prayer. And if all of a sudden you see or you think that you have little faith, we are listening to the Word of God far few. Surrounding yourself with the Word of God and make it so, uh, plan your day so that you can hear more, listen to sermons, and then you will have more faith. When situations, difficulties come, all of a sudden, out of your heart will arise that which you have heard because you are in the order. You have accepted the angel mediator, one out of a thousand. You have accepted this word. Incline your ear and you are ready to fulfill it. When we listen continually, this readiness collaborates with God. We are filled and then therefore no enemy brings us fear. We react as God would react and not as our body or emotions might feel. The second condition after hearing the word of God that yields continuity in prayer is a study of and reflection over what we hear about God and His purposes. Isaiah 45-23 I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath. I have sworn by myself means God swears with his names, which we talked about before, that as the Lord lives, before whom I stand, and we can swear by this name, and God does swear by his name. And we overcome situations, and our thoughts are changed. Uh, the evil thoughts disappear and God's rest comes when we resist with this kind of power, with the name of God, the living God. And pastor says that not every tongue will swear, but only those who worship God. Only warriors of prayer will be able to declare the name of God and to swear according to this name. 
Because even a non-warrior prayer, if he tries to swear, first, this will not give him anything. And secondly, he is not going to overcome the enemy. But on the contrary, he's going to hurt himself because then the devil is going to be even more surrounding this person because he's incorrectly using the name of God. He is not a warrior prayer. He did not have a right to swear by the name of the living God. Faith or continuity occur, are developed, and are exercised from continual hearing, envisioning, and understanding of the Word of God. And not too long ago, we were reminded that understanding comes while we are pondering. When we are able to do something and ponder upon the Word, pondering upon those truths which we don't understand fully, and we ponder, what could this mean? And given that we are filled with this Word, we begin to communicate uh, our spirit with the Holy Spirit and these truths rise up and we begin to understand the Word of God. And this is how continuity occurs and how it is exercised. And another, if we want to be faithful, we need to be continual. A continual person is a faithful person. And we need to be faithful because God himself called himself faithful and we are his children and therefore we are called to be faithful, meaning consistent or continual. The next condition, the third condition in gaining continuity in prayer is in our acceptance over ourselves, the person who presents God's delegated authority through whom God gives us his word. We will pay attention here that to choose people for the message of his unchanging or faithful word, God never advises with those people to whom he sends his messengers. God simply offers us a choice to accept them on its conditions or reject them. God did not counsel with the people of Israel when he had chosen Moses. God did not counsel with when he selected his apostles. Uh, God did not counsel with the church members when he selected his apostles. He selected them and then gave them this position so that they can pass along the word to sow and the church or the students will accept this and grow it. And this is the theocratical order of the beauty, this atmosphere that gives an opportunity for us to build the temple of God. And although it is written, be built into the t- temple of God, we can't, one person on his own cannot build out of himself a temple of God. We need this collaboration. We need surrounding people in order to help us build this temple. We will touch this place of scripture if we have enough time. Uh, We might not have enough time. We will move on. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. This Apostle Paul writes to to Titus in uh, the sermon as it is entrusted to me, meaning we must accept the person in our life who is going to pass along this word, which we have already done. And this is a great mercy for us. To have the element of consistency or faithfulness to God and His word in our prayer, it is necessary for us to accept the person to whom God entrusted His teaching. To accept. And then we need to incline our ear. And then we need to love this person then we need to follow this person and we need to serve this person. And Pastor and Servant had said, this idea had changed my position of thinking, my position. He said in Sermon at one time, 
that an apostle or an anointed one of the Lord, when something happens, he is with him. He cannot protect himself. He can protect the church when he sees something, a danger, or he needs to do something. But when something happens with him, he cannot. The church has to pray for him. And then God protects him. The church protects him in their prayers. This changed my understanding because previously I thought he is a man of God. I accept him. I love him. Accept have inclined my ear, listening according to the measure of my faith. And I always understood that because he's the man of God, what better shield will be if not next to him? But I didn't see my part in this. It turns out that in order for him to be protected, there is my part as a warrior of prayer, as a continual warrior of prayer. And I changed my understanding. I understood that he is going to be protected, but I need to be a partaker of this. I need to collaborate in this work of God. The fourth condition in gaining continuity in prayer is in the condition to be not only in the doctrine of the apostles, but also in fellowship with one another and in the breaking of bread. As it is written, Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 42, And those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And we will notice that here it says continually or steadfastly, which we do. We do this. We have tied ourselves to the divine. We have tied ourselves according to the mercy of God. We have inclined our ear. We have accepted. We believe what is spoken to us by the man of the Lord, our pastor. We listen to these words. We trust these words. We implement these words in prayer, and we trust these words which He uncovers because they are filled by the Holy Spirit or by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you noticed, however much we return to these labors each time, from one angle, from another, that word, the other word, that phrase, all of a sudden it becomes new, alive, like it is new. What does this mean? Why is this so? Because these living words, these words are not the product of the human intellect. These are the living words of God that the man of the Lord had carried in himself, prayed about them in order to pass them along, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, writes it down and gives it to us. This is a great labor involved, which he does for the church. And we are rich in this. We have enough food. And as we do in fellowship, when we meet with our friends and when we have fellowship, this gives joy and this is joy when we again and again remember these words, some kind of truths ponder upon them loudly, share with one another. And again, as I say, this is an atmosphere, atmosphere of the family of God. It takes hold of us, and we don't even want to leave. I am a very disciplined person, and I enjoy to do everything according to order, and I like to go to sleep not late, 
to get enough rest, but when we have such fellowship, this breaks my habits in the sense that I am humbled, I enjoy this, and I don't want to part. And of course, we need to part because we need to carry responsibility, but this is joy to share in this, to share um, in these words and to dwell in these words. We dwell in the teaching of the Doctor of the Apostles, we dwell in fellowship, we continually dwell in the breaking of bread, and we know what this means. And each time when we or somebody testifies of a certain word, we remember truths, and the words of true pastor we remember because he uncovered for us this mystery and this joy for our body that we are able to each time comfort that each body accepts you are redeemed you are adopted and not in others eyes but my eyes will see this in the format of time how I am going to be adopted we right now accept the body the word of the Lord this food and we're filled with it and of course we dwell in prayer which we had talked about today and our time has concluded and we are going to pray there are other properties, but if God gives an opportunity, we will continue to look at them later. And right now, I will ask Pastor Daniel to conduct prayer, and we will conclude, and we will dwell in this word and continue to dwell in it. Amen. We will pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you that you are able to hear us for your truth according to your mercy, according to the fact that we lift up our souls to you today, according to your holy name and according to the remembrance which today dwells upon this place which is engraved in our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that you have magnified your truth and you, in a special way, have magnified this truth in your temple, which is the body of your saints. And we, Lord, rejoice that the truth is magnified in the Church of Christ. The truth is magnified in each saint who worships unto you in spirit and truth. We thank you for this great remembrance that dwells in this place, that dwells in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. Because, Lord, we have accepted this remembrance in the format of a covenant which you have made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and which has become accessible to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, so that that blessing which you gave to Abraham could become for us Gentiles accessible through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for this great blessing in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ that you have given birth to us through his resurrection to a living trust, to a reward that is kept for us in heaven, inheritance for us in heaven. We thank you for this great privilege to be born to this inheritance. We understand, Lord, the great responsibility of having this inheritance. For us, we need to unite with you in the likeness of your death so that we can unite with you in the likeness of your resurrection and when we are clothed in the powers of your resurrection 
we will be able to receive the legal right to that inheritance which is found for us in heaven. And today, Lord, we with faith thank you and call the inexistent as existent in our life because you continue to be a living God. And through the proclamation of faith, we place ourselves in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. As the Lord lives our strength, we magnify you as our strength because you have magnified yourself and your word in the face of your Son. You want all that is earthly, heavenly, to bow down before the personified word. And today, Lord, this word spreads to the church. And today you clothe your saints in the powers of personified word so that they could be light and salt on the earth in order to represent your interests on the earth as today your Son represents your interests on the in heaven. We thank you, Lord, as the Lord lives, and blessed is our Defender. Blessed is our Lord, our Rock. We thank you, Lord, for that word which we hear today, that today this word has become a stronghold in us, and those commandments and statutes through which we weigh ourselves. We do not weigh ourselves with our own understandings. We do not measure ourselves with ourselves or with other people who we are. We empathize with. We measure ourselves according to your commandments and your word. And if, Lord, we see that we do not coincide to this word, then in this fear we consider ourselves to dead to that sin that holds us back from perfection in Christ and we consider ourselves perfect in your Son, Jesus Christ we cleanse our heart from all impurities impurities of the spirit from all impurities of the flesh and we thank you that this allows us to run to you as to the Lord our fortress so that we can be fertilized by the seed of the Word of God so that it can grow in us and in the fruit of righteousness that is going to grow in our hearts we can know you as our Lord, our Deliverer because you, Lord, are going to deliver us and you are going to demonstrate the might of your strength and your authority through the powers of our lips, through the powers of our meek lips that proclaim the faith of our heart. We thank you, Lord, for the fruit of righteousness that has grown in us, in your Son, Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, that in the fruit, in the fruit of righteousness, that grace that is going to reign in us through righteousness, death is going to be swallowed up victory death where is your sting hell where is your victory we thank you Lord that this perishable body is called to be clothed in imperishability and we are called to be clothed in immortality and you will conduct this great mystery when you come glorified in the day 
and the bodies of your saints. Your church will endure something that she has never endured before. You, Lord, have allowed her to triumph in her spirit. You have allowed your inheritance to triumph over her soul, but you have not allowed your inheritance to yet live through the triumph of their bodies. And we thank you, Lord, that that you have redeemed not only our spirit and our soul, but you have redeemed our body as well. And this gives us the trust that the time will come when you will glorify the might of your word and the power of your resurrection, not just in our spirit and in our soul, but also in time and in our body. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to praise you in our glorified bodies and only for the reason that we can be with you to see you and to always be with the Lord. We, Lord, wait for this trust, wait for this promise, not to live comfortably, not to show our superiority over others, but, Lord, for one thing, in order to meet with you and to be always with you, to be always with the Lord. You are our hope, and our meeting with you is our hope. You have said that at the door of our hope, you are going to return to your church, Lost Vineyards, the right to judgment. And we thank you, Lord, for your divine judgment, which first rewards the righteous and punishes the wicked and the lawless. And we ask you according to your word, for you have said that before the saints will shine in your kingdom, you will first send your angels and you will gather from your kingdom. And you have said that you will burn the tares that are bound in sheaves so that your saints can shine in your kingdom, so that you can shine in your saints. And we thank you, Lord, for this linen, clean and bright. And we ask, Lord, that the linen and the righteousness of saints can begin to shine And for this, we ought to take up the sword. Lord, take up your sword and stand up against our enemies. And we are going to proclaim the word of God that is going to allow you and is going to give you the right to triumph on the earth. You can't do anything without man. Without man, who is a warrior of prayer, without a person who seeks the will of God, the perfect will, which is a part of the teaching of eternal judgment. We can't speak of your perfect will if we are not familiar with your teaching, the teaching of your eternal judgment. 
which has mercy upon some and carries out the verdict of death over others. And this, Lord, you have done. You have shown yourself in your word, mighty and unchanging in your word. And we thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, that you have delivered our soul from all those that despise us. You have delivered our soul like a bird is freed from the snares of the fowler, from the snares of death. You have delivered us from half-truths. You have delivered us from seduction. You have delivered us from a religious state. You have delivered us from dogmatics that do not coincide with your word. You have delivered us when you caught us up in your snares, in the snares of your truth, in the snares of your righteousness. And we, Lord, have loved your truth. We have loved your word. We have loved your righteousness. And we have magnified it in our life as you have magnified your word in yours. And we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your Zion, the place upon which dwells a remembrance of your holy name. We thank you for your messengers. We thank you, Lord, for the person whom you have sent to our life. We thank you for our pastor, Brother Arkady. And we pray, Lord, today for him and about him and together with him so that your mercy can hurry for the goodness, for the goodness of our meeting that will take place soon so that we all can rejoice in one comfort because, Lord, that promise that you have prepared for your inheritance, you have prepared not for one person, you have prepared it for the body. Therefore, Lord, allow us to be comforted by our mutual hope on this holy place. We thank you for that word that you have passed along to us through him. And we ask, Lord, that he continue with boldness to serve with his spirit to our Lord Jesus Christ in the service of the word. You pass along your word through your apostles. And we thank you that only the planter, the one who represents the Father of God on the earth, can place the breads on the golden table of showbreads. And we, Lord, as those that water, can take these breads on the table that are already there. Ponder over this word. Bring it to our understanding and to clothe it and to be clothed in it through proclamation with our meek lips. We pray, Lord, that that word that you have placed into our pastor, that it become the component of our golden table of showbreads. And for this, Lord, we continue to demonstrate zeal for your word. We continue to demonstrate before your holy countenance our hunger and thirst for your word. We with thanksgiving accept that word which you have already blessed us with. We accept and we dwell in this word, expressing our hunger and thirst, and we believe, Lord, 
that you will give mercy to our pastor to pass along that revelation that you have placed on his heart. And we, Lord, with great trembling and with desire, will wait. We'll wait for that word from the person whom you have established to plant your word. We thank you, Lord, for this place upon which you dwell. Your mighty word and the mighty Holy Spirit who uncovers this word. We thank you, Lord, for every saint that is found upon this place and those that can't be with us but are with us in one spirit. May your name be blessed and glorified, our Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It will conclude with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory and unblemished joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. <laughs>